Lots of valley and coastal fog out there, and that all gives way to sunshine today with highs near 70. Good morning from the KRCB Sonoma County Newsroom. I'm Mark Prell with your first news for Tuesday, March 29th, 2022. Petaluma is in the final stages of its redistricting process. KRCB's Noah Abrams brings us an update. The Petaluma City Council chose a new district map by a 6-to-1 vote. The map will be finalized on April 4th. The new map is an amended version of a map submitted by a member of the public and splits Petaluma into six electoral districts. It's the first time Petaluma City Council members will be elected by district instead of by at-large citywide elections. Chris Chafee from Redistricting Partners, Petaluma's mapping consultant, says the amended map doesn't change the district populations. So there's this like zero populated island of 101 in F that that's the amendment is moving that island into D and then using basically the Highway 101 as the divider. The biggest question put before the council, Chafee says, is what he calls election sequencing. Or when each of these districts come up for election next. And if we think about what the California Voting Rights Act calls for, its purpose is to allow minority voters greater opportunity to elect their candidates of choice. First up in that election sequencing cycle will be three districts on Petaluma's east side, marked A, B, and D on the new map. The three districts will elect council members in the upcoming midterms this November. So I'm, I'm willing to vote myself out of a seat tonight. That's council member Delinda Fisher. She says she wants the traditionally underrepresented districts to vote first. Voters in Petaluma's other districts will cast a ballot for their city council members in the 2024 election cycle. Noah Abrams, KRCB, Sonoma County News. Well, home ownership inched further out of reach for the great majority of Californians last year, and housing affordability is far worse for Black and Latino residents. Alex Emsley reports. As many as three-quarters of people here couldn't afford to buy a home in 2021. That's according to a recent report by the California Association of Realtors, which also breaks down access to home ownership by race. In San Francisco and Alameda counties, just 10% of Black households could afford to buy a median-priced home. Economist Oscar Wee says racial disparities like that are entrenched everywhere. We are still seeing those issues. And, you know, we're seeing those issues not just in some remote area, but in every part of California. Statewide, just 17 percent of Latino and black households make enough money to buy a home. Wee says that without drastic changes in average incomes and housing supply, affordability will likely get even worse this year. I'm Alex Emsley, renting in Oakland. Meanwhile, California's first-in-the-nation task force on reparations is at a crossroads with members divided on which black Americans should be eligible for compensation. Some members want to limit financial and other compensation to descendants of enslaved people. Others say that all black people in the U.S. suffer from systemic racism in housing, education, and employment. The task force could vote on the question of eligibility today after putting it off at last month's meeting. The mission of the task force, created in 2020, is to study the institution of slavery and its harms and to educate the public of its findings. Governor Gavin Newsom is moving to conserve water as the state expects a third year of extreme droughts. Nicole Nixon has our story. Despite some rain across Northern California near the end of March, water officials expect the first three months of 2022 to be the driest of any year on record. So the state is getting out ahead of the summer months, says Cal EPA Secretary Jared Blumenfeld. The lessons from the drought of 2013 through 15, 16 are, are that 
the earlier we take action, the better. Newsom signed an executive order which does two things. First, it directs the state water control board to consider a ban on watering non-recreational grass at businesses or other public places. Second, it requires urban water providers to follow their own drought contingency plans to a certain level. Blumenfeld says rather than an across-the-board cutback, the state wants communities to conserve water in the ways that work best for them. It's really action-driven. They say they're going to do X, Y, and Z. Those things, we need to see that they materialize. For example, at Level 2 Drought Conservation, the Sacramento County Water Agency schedules landscape watering and directs restaurants to only give water to customers who ask for it. Last summer, Newsom requested residents voluntarily cut their water use by 15 percent, but state water usage only fell by about 6 percent. In Sacramento, I'm Nicole Nixon. State lawmakers are considering a proposal to increase the amount of money private college students can receive through California's main financial aid program, CalGrant. Senate Bill 851 would stabilize state aid for these students by ensuring their award won't be reduced if private colleges fail to accept a certain number of community college transfer students. It would also allow the award to grow with inflation and make it possible for private college students to receive as much as $6,000 in supplemental aid if they are raising children or if they are current or former foster youth. Supporters say the measure would help make private college more affordable for low-income students, increasing diversity at those schools, and ease the capacity crunch on the state's public universities. And cannabis plants will be judged this summer at the California State Fair in Sacramento, marking a first in the U.S. for a state-sponsored cannabis competition. Cal Expo and the California State Fair is an independent agency set up by the California Department of Food and Agriculture. It's partnering with Cultivar Brands to run the awards program. Founder Brian Applegarth says that this is a historic milestone for cannabis that's been many years in the making. Here we are in 2022, and it has its own place at the California State Fair alongside wine, cheese, craft beer, and olive oil. And it's exciting. Applegarth says the judging will be entirely science-based with an independent lab testing for key plant components. He says it's too early to know whether the award-winning cannabis will be on display for fairgoers to see, as there are still some legal concerns to iron out first. Today will be sunny with highs near 70 after some patchy valley and coastal fog burns away. Tonight, partly cloudy. We'll have lows in the 40s. Tomorrow, partly sunny and slightly cooler with upper 60s. Then we're back into low 70s for Thursday under partly cloudy skies. Mid-70s Friday and Saturday with sunshine. Sunday, partly cloudy and cooler back in the upper 60s. Then we're headed into the upper 70s moving through next week. Overnight lows will hang in the 40s. For today, look for upper 50s at the coast with gusty 20 to 30 mile per hour winds. We'll have some breezy conditions throughout the county today. Cloverdale lands near 70 later. Hillsburg and Windsor 71, Forestville 73. Grayton and Greenville hit 70, Sebastopol 69, Petaluma just 65, Sonoma 67, and 70 later for Santa Rosa. Thanks for starting your day with us. Find more local reporting at krcb.org and join us for Morning Edition and All Things Considered weekday mornings and afternoons on KRCB 104.9. For Sonoma County's NPR station, I'm Mark Prell. Have yourself a good day.